Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. Wayne Pratt here. If you enjoy The Gateway, take the next step and support us by going to stlpublicradio.org and making a donation. It takes just a minute and will help keep this daily news podcast possible, as well as all the in-depth news on our website and airwaves. Make a donation now at stlpublicradio.org donate. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Thursday, March 19th. I'm Wayne Pratt. Missouri is reporting its first COVID-19-related death. The patient is from Boone County and was infected while traveling. Health officials say 24 cases of new coronavirus disease are confirmed in the state. That includes two doctors at Washington University. There are now two positives in the city of St. Louis, four in the county. St. Charles County is reporting its first COVID-19 case. There has been another spike in Illinois. The state's Department of Public Health says there are nearly 290 coronavirus cases after reporting almost 130 positive tests yesterday. This virus is possibly hitting the Missouri congressional delegation. Congresswoman Ann Wagner from Baldwin is in self-quarantine after being in contact with two members of the House of Representatives who tested positive. Missouri's governor has issued an executive order delaying municipal elections until June 2nd. They had been set for April 7th. And St. Louis Mayor Lida Krusen is limiting gatherings in the city to no more than 10 people starting tomorrow morning. She says it is, quote, the prudent thing to do at this time. More coverage in a bit. Also today, St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports on how to help children who are dealing with suicidal thoughts. As we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, Missouri is reporting its first death from the new coronavirus. St. Louis Public Radio's Jacqueline Driscoll reports the patient was from the Columbia area, but few other details are being released. The patient had a travel-related case of the virus, but the administration wouldn't say where they traveled to. The family of the patient called 911 in the morning, and the patient was rushed to University Hospital at MU Healthcare. Dr. Stephen Witt with MU Healthcare says they were prepared for the situation, but couldn't prevent the death. But this is reinforcement that COVID-19 is really here, and we really need to do our part uh, in taking care of our sick uh, and needy people. Emergency responders were aware the patient had tested positive for the virus and wore the proper medical equipment. In Jefferson City, I'm Jacqueline Driscoll, St. Louis Public Radio. Two doctors at Washington University have tested positive for the virus. Officials say one lives in St. Louis, the other in St. Louis County. They are not currently working with patients, and they have been quarantined. The university has not disclosed where the doctors actually worked. WashU physicians are in all BJC hospitals, including Barnes Jewish Hospital and St. Louis Children's Hospital. The number of positive tests for COVID-19, the disease spread by the new coronavirus, has hit 24 in Missouri. Two of those cases are in St. Louis. That is prompting Mayor Lida Krusen to restrict gatherings to 10 people starting tomorrow morning. Here's St. Louis Public Radio's Ryan Delaney. That decision follows Centers for Disease Control and Prevention guidelines to prevent community spread of the novel coronavirus. Previously, Mayor Lida Krusen had set the cap at 50 people. And we think that this moving to uh, social gatherings of 10 or fewer is the prudent thing to do at this time. 
The change goes into effect first thing Friday morning, when restaurants in the city will be barred from providing sit-down dining. The limit is until further notice, Krusen said. That decision comes after the city confirmed its second case of COVID-19. Officials say this patient continued to go to work after having symptoms, raising the risk of community exposure. I'm Ryan Delaney, St. Louis Public Radio. There is another spike in cases in Illinois. More than 130 were reported yesterday, bringing the total to about 290 with at least seven in the Metro East. The increase comes as Governor J.B. Pritzker calls for expanded Medicaid in the state. He wants to make sure testing and treatments are widely available. And so we're working both with the insurance companies as well as with Medicaid, uh, with the federal government, CMS, to try to make sure that everything around COVID-19 is covered. Pritzker made those comments yesterday in St. Clair County. The spread of coronavirus is hitting all aspects of the regional economy, from the suspension of dine-in options at restaurants, retail stores and malls shutting down, to the temporary closing of auto plants, including the GM facility in Wentzville. It's also affecting musicians. That has the co-owner of a St. Louis recording studio seeking cash donations to help those in that industry who have lost their jobs. Here's St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin. Ben Mazak of Native Sound Studios has heard from many friends and colleagues in the local music scene who are wondering how they're going to pay their bills now that their shows are canceled. They're all panicking about how they're going to make money. And I figure even if I can get them a couple hundred bucks a month, it's it's better than no money coming in. Mazak is collecting money through the online fundraising platform GoFundMe. He'll send musicians $250 checks, and he plans to keep donations open and let people apply for the stipend once a month. The fund has raised about $3,000 since Monday. Mazak is also making his studio available for bands to raise money by live-streaming concerts. I'm Jeremy Goodwin, St. Louis Public Radio. Researchers at Washington University are examining the reasons behind child suicide. They have found up to 6% of the nearly 12,009 and 10-year-olds studied have experienced suicidal thoughts or behaviors. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fentum speaks with WashU psychology professor Deanna Barsh about why suicide has been treated as a problem among teenagers, but not young children. For a long time, I think, psychologists and psychiatrists didn't think that younger kids were capable of experiencing depression. So now we know that kids as young as three can experience depression in a You know, it doesn't look exactly like adult depression, but it has some of the same, you know, sad symptoms like a lack of joy, a lack of pleasure, guilt, depressed mood. You know, we often think that kids don't have a a clear enough sense of death or dying to even, like, really know what suicide means. I think for a long time people thought, oh, kids don't really understand death, you know. And maybe it's not really suicidal ideation. It's, you know, they've been watching too many video games and they see Mario die and perk back up again. When we were doing this uh, work with preschoolers who had depression and we saw these high rates of suicide, we saw actually that the kids with suicidal ideation had a more accurate understanding of death than the kids who did not have suicidal ideation. So they clearly were getting it. Um, And I think people just weren't asking about it. And that sort of leads to another question that I had, which is when you're looking at these young kids, how do they learn about it in the first place? Is it something that they're told about? Do they sort of start to understand it intrinsically? How do they know what suicide is? 
and I don't think we know exactly the answer to that yet. You know, we do know um, that kids who grow up in families where other people in the family have attempted suicide or had suicidal ideation um, are more likely to have those thoughts and feelings. But I think we're also going to find that there are some kids where it really is sort of a spontaneous idea that it's not that they had to be exposed to specific thoughts about that. And why do kids want to kill themselves? Are the reasons the same as adults? What I can tell you is what kids have said to us in our research projects. Um, you know, and they certainly are reminiscent. Um, you know, I'm I'm a terrible kid. Nobody loves me. I'm making life worse for my family. There's a lot of guilt, you know, amongst the kids who are depressed and having suicidal ideation. You know, there's a, a really excessive amount of guilt. Mm-hmm. And that leads to another thing that you found in your research, which is that family plays a big role and family dynamics play a big role in how likely someone is to think about or die by suicide. Can you talk a little bit more about that? We don't know exactly the causal relationship. I always want to emphasize that because, mm-hmm. um, but it is certainly the case that we see that if a, if a child reports that there is more conflict in the family, um, they are more likely to express suicidal ideation or uh, to say that they've engaged in some sort of suicidal behavior. But it is also the case that it is possible that family conflict um, increased adversity. We also know that um, living in a lower socioeconomic status, greater poverty is associated with children having um, more mental health problems in general and greater suicidal ideation and behavior. Any final thoughts on how to help children if if maybe you see... Uh, someone who, you know, might need help, just not even as like a teacher or a parent, just as someone who's who cares about a child who you think might be having difficulties. Frankly, if you have a concern about a child, the best thing to do is to ask about their mental state. <laughs> so, you know, probably the biggest risk factor is a kid telling you, I'm having thoughts about suicidal ideation or I want to hurt myself. Um, and again, you know, I think we have been hesitant to ask historically because we are afraid that that's going to create thoughts where none exist. The evidence just doesn't suggest that. So that's the number one risk factor is simply asking about whether they're having those thoughts or feelings. And maybe they're not, and that's fine. And you could say, okay, great, you know. But if they are, maybe you've just created a pathway or an opening for them to talk to you or for you to be able to refer them to someplace else. That was St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton speaking with Washington University researcher Deanna Barsh. Our David Casares edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com.